Hi, I'm Alex Noonan, and this is Yeti Village, a podcast by Last Call Media, where we interview people in and around the tech community. On today's episode, I chat with Abby Kingman about her accessibility tips and tools talk, which she gave at this year's Texas camp, as well as our respective adventures with web accessibility. And I listed this as a beginner level talk, and um, I, I really still consider myself to be a beginner at accessibility in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a very broad field, and it's a world that I don't really live in myself. I have to pretend to be in there in order to do testing and stuff, so I still have a lot to learn, but um, it's something I've gotten really super excited about. Abby, thank you for joining us on uh, Yeti Village here. So thrilled to be here. <laughs> and we're having you on today to talk about your accessibility talk that you gave at Texas Camp this year. Sweet. I watched the talk. It was it was great. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, see how that was for you. Have you ever given a talk like that before? Um, I think I must have given it one. I guess I gave it sort of internally. So yeah, so the way it, it, it came about was, um, you know, we had this idea that maybe it would be good to give a talk. And then suddenly there was this announcement that I was going to give an accessibility clinic at the office for whoever wanted to show up. And it was on Eventbrite. And I was like, oh, cool. This is like <laughs> a little bit stressful. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I really wanted to put together something that would be a good way for people who are sort of new to accessibility to um, make it manageable, I guess, because I feel like it's a huge topic. Um, it's really easy to feel like it's overwhelming. And so this was sort of my attempt to take this great big mass of stuff and try and put it into a little digestible chunk that um, maybe makes it a little less scary and overwhelming. Yeah. I I definitely felt that way watching it. Like I think when accessibility comes up just in general and for me specifically it's kind of like oh man there's so much here and there's so much happening all the time. It seems like it's kind of always changing and evolving. But I think that your talk did a really great job of breaking it down. Um okay, oh, thank you. Yeah, I liked the tools and everything that you gave at the end. Uh, that I thought that was really great. That I thought that was sort of a. Um, I kind of was a little proud of that idea to come up with something that I could just share with people and, and the little QR code so that everyone could just sort of take away a PDF with a bunch of links in it. Because how often have you been to a talk and you just wish that you could access all of that cool stuff or you could remember something that they said? So this just sort of made it easy for everyone to... Um, to still feel a little less overwhelmed the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Carry yeah. that confidence forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, every day, I mean, even something that you think you understand the next time it comes up in a different context, you're like, okay, I thought this was pretty straightforward, but now that I need to look at it again, I have no idea what this really means. <laughs> and not only that, but some of the things that seem fairly straightforward on the surface it get a little hairier when you try and think about how am I concretely going to test this on a site? I mean, one of the really great resources that I've um, come to rely on and just love 
is uh, the membership forum, the members forum in the International Association of Accessibility Professionals, the IAAP. And in that forum, you can ask questions about WCAG standards or coding questions. And there are so many experts in there that are willing to jump in and give you hints. And there's really sort of no boundaries on what kind of questions you can ask because everybody there has been in the spot where they realize, gosh, I can't be an expert about all of this stuff. (laughs) So, yeah. And someone just recently posted a question asking, is there some sort of a meetup group where I can meet with other accessibility professionals and ask questions? I don't want to burden everyone here with all of my silly questions. And like four people, including myself, all answered, no, post your questions here because we all want to help and we all want to learn from the answers to your questions too. So, um, you know, people are really supportive and engaged in the community. And I've really come to appreciate that. And um, I was really stuck on a couple of the standards in, in the WCAG guidelines. And WCAG is the name for the set of guidelines that specifically talks about how to w- make uh, web content more accessible. And I just finally posted a question. I said, I'm trying to test this thing. And I tried to Zoom, and then this happens. And then I'm not sure what I'm really testing. I got the best answers to all of my questions there, and it was just really so helpful. So yay, (laughs) I-A-A-P. Yeah, that's great. I think there is definitely um, this tendency with some of this stuff to sort of for people to sort of hide their work on it because they kind of want to just like learn it in a vacuum and then emerge and be like, look, now I'm an expert and, and teach other people from there. But I think especially with accessibility stuff, it's important to really like show your work and ask those questions. And, you know, cause then your question could spark something for someone else that they didn't even think of. And, you know, it definitely seems like a, uh, a group effort so to speak, for the whole world to, you know, define what accessibility should be and what it is and how we can make it better. Yeah, it takes that that little bit of courage to step out there and take your work that you know has these flaws in it and um, sort of expose that. But that's the only way that you can really get um, help because, it's like trying to learn Drupal by yourself sitting in a closet. You're never going to get there. <laughs> right. right. Uh, in terms of what uh, you think that people could take away from this talk, it kind of sounds like it might be just a better overall understanding of accessibility and um, maybe how to use some of these tools for themselves. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say what I'd like people to be able to get out of it is just um, a basic understanding of the general framework and I, a little bit about the history of accessibility and about um, who it's about and who it's for and that it's actually really for all of us. Yeah. Um, and then to also have sort of a set of tools that they can work with to um, sort of tackle their own first project. And it really, I wanted to be clear that this was not a talk for coders. I don't have any like patterns or solutions on how to code. Um, Lighthouse is one of the Google tools for web developers. You can run Lighthouse in your Chrome dev tools, or you can also do it from the command line or as a node module. 
don't know what that means. I think it's pretty cool, but um, not a dev, but people tell me that's a good thing. It's really just about how to take a look at a site and um, sort of have the empathy that you need. So it's really not just about going through a checklist or a bunch of steps because you really can have a site that technically meets all of the guidelines, but it can still be not very usable or not very accessible. So I think the one thing I wish I had focused on a little bit more or had a little bit more time to spend on was really the empathy part. Um, and in, I've, I have done a couple versions of it. And one part that changes in the amount of length that I can give to it is where I take a look at some quotes from a Twitter thread where somebody asked real people with real disabilities, what makes you nutty about doing things on the internet? And that was just so illustrative of, um, you know, the importance of empathy and all of this, because this is, this is what it's really about. It is about, it's us, it's people, it's we're trying to connect with people and these are the barriers that are out there. So um, that, that's really sort of the favorite part of the talk for me. And unfortunately, sometimes I have not had very much time to spend on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big topic. I, yeah, I can't believe that you managed to fit what you did into like 45 minutes. Like that was pretty talking <laughs> <laughs> because I get excited about this. I kept putting more stuff in my presentation. <laughs> and so I'm going to talk really fast because then I had to take a bunch of stuff out. So just like, hang on. And I actually, it's so funny. So I thought of you, uh, a few weeks ago, cause I was, um, you know, I have my own personal site and I decided to go on my site with a black background and knowing full well that it was like not really a good decision, I made the text on the black background like a very light gray. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is probably not accessible. I, but I just liked how it looks. I'm just going to do it, whatever. And so I did it. And then my dad uh, went onto my website to like place an order. And he actually reached out to me and was like, hey, like, I don't know if you're open to like feedback or anything about this, but I just wanted to let you know that your text is really hard to read on your page. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I went back and I, cha I made it a different, it's white now. And uh, I made some of the highlights a different color and, you know, I was trying to make it like really subtle, but I think it was just like too subtle. And so I... Uh, I have since fixed it, but, you know, as soon as he came back with that, I was like, you know, that is exactly right. Like he's got glasses. He can't see very well. He's also not very technically inclined. I think he was maybe trying to do it on his phone and it's, you know, those are the kind of things where it's, you think like accessibility is this like grand thing or, you know, it's only applies to some people or certain situations, but that was like just such a solid reminder of the fact that it is actually for everybody and you do need to care about it. You know, you're so lucky that you had somebody who um, felt empowered to reach out to you or had the courage to reach out to you, right? Because yeah. so often when a site is challenging from an accessibility standpoint, people just go somewhere else or they just leave the site. Right. Because in a lot of cases, there's someplace else where they can go that they can get the information they want or the products they want without having to 
um, you know, struggle so much. So yay for dad. (laughs) I know. I know. And that was the thing too, is once he said that, I was like, God, you know, I can't even, how many other people have probably gone to the site and thought that exact thing. And because they don't know me and they're not comfortable reaching out in that way, or, you know, most people, I imagine if they're just surfing the web are like, not going to bother to submit on someone's contact form that like, Hey, I can't read the text on your site, you know? (laughs) Right. 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 um, Yeah. So that was, it was eye opening. It was definitely a good reminder that I think I needed and definitely something that, you know, I'm going to keep in mind now moving forward uh, more seriously, I think. And now you have some tools and you know how easy it is to check the contrast on your site. I know. And I actually, when I was, I was watching your talk on YouTube, uh, in the video that we had, and I like screenshotted that last slide that you have that has all the links to, uh, the sites where you can check the colors and the contrast and everything. And I'm gonna run some of those on my site. So this is one called color contrast checker. It lets you enter a combination in the hexadecimal and you can select from a little color wheel that pops up from that little grid next to the entry panel. You can also pull in colors um, from an image on your screen, but below the text, the compliance compliance status of that combination is indicated. And if you use the color wheel, your status will change as you move around. Nice, nice. Well, that that's inspiring. Thank you. I'm so um, so hoping that that will help you. <laughs> so, yes. and I think another thing about that when you talk about people thinking that accessibility is this grand thing, one of the people who I think of as one of the leading lights in the field of accessibility is Leonie Watson from the Pastiello group. And she recently posted something on Twitter from one of her talks where she said, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be a little better. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing too, that I think about a lot is that, you know, I think people might I remember when we posted our accessibility statement. An accessibility statement is something that you may be seeing popping up on a lot of websites. And it's something that lets an organization sort of make a statement publicly about its commitment to accessibility. And it shows that you have an awareness of the needs of the disabled community and shows that you are making an effort. So um, importantly, it provides visitors with information on how to get in touch if they're having a problem. I think it, we were maybe wondering, like, would people be judging us based on that? Like, if our stuff isn't perfect, but I think just having one up and showing, again, showing our work and showing that we are thinking about this stuff and we care about it enough to be trying is just really important. You know, that's funny you bring that up because that was actually really sort of terrifying for me because I did feel like we were sort of putting something out on the line, like, okay, we're doing this. And exactly, you know, come, you know, come judge us or come evaluate us. And really it's just about, you know, Hey, if you're having trouble, let us know. Um, I've since found that even some of the, the um, sort of the best organizations inaccessibility have some issues with their site, Um, you know, sites that really focus on usability or user experience have these little weird glitches on them. So nobody's ever going to get everything right all the time. And my perfect site from a usability standpoint 
is probably not your perfect site from a usability standpoint. So um, if we can just sort of, somebody else posted something on Twitter that I thought was, you know, really illustrative also. He's like, a lot of the problems I see are, you know, the same things over and over again, contrast, uh, you know, focus. So if you can really just sort of knock off the top five things on your site, you've probably made a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a matter of, I think, everyone needs to just try a little bit. And if we can all just make it a little bit better for people that have those concerns, and we can make it better for everybody. And, you know, a little bit better is better than nothing at all. And again, just getting back to that that favorite thing I have about the empathy, just when you're on a site, when you're on your site, when you're looking at someone else's site, you know, now, just like all the time, I'm tabbing or checking a site with a screen reader, but that's only a little bit of the universe. There's the people who use voice recognition software. There are people who use the sip and puff sticks. There are people who use switch controls. There are so many different options out there. So um, just sort of trying to think about who, you know, how somebody in a different situation might be able to interact with the site and making that part of the way you think and about making that part of your ideation process so that you're not coming up with ideas and designs that are inherently going to put up barriers to people. It's something that takes some time and some adjustment. You know, if you're if you're used to being an idea person, then changing your ideation process is pretty much stepping outside of your comfort zone. So yeah. it all just takes some time. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for people to get caught up in situations where they're like, well, this works for me. And I think this is cool. And I think that probably a lot of people don't even realize that they're not being empathetic when they, when they do things like that. And so, you know, I think one of the great things about this talk, you know, is uh, maybe waking some people up to that and saying like, maybe you're not being as empathetic as you think you are. (laughs) Right. Another thing that's been really inspiring about this has just been sort of seeing how our own group of developers has really sort of taken up the torch. And I haven't really had a chance to work very closely with some of the people on our own teams here. And it's been really um, awe-inspiring to have a conversation with somebody or exchange a chat with somebody about a topic and find out that, wow, this person actually really has been digging in. And so it's really great to see that transformation sort of taking place in the world of our, of our own developers and seeing them think of things that I didn't even have to bring up. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually, you know, on over on the uh, SLA team, we had a client recently submit a ticket uh, where they wanted to change the color of a banner. It was actually, I'm removing this client's name here just to be safe. They, they have like a banner warning thing on their site um, for yeah. like air quality. Yep. And they wrote to me asking if they could, if they want to make that banner change colors to correspond with the colors that uh, are established to, you know, warn people about the air quality so like when the air quality is good it would be green uh if there's like a little bit of a warning or something it would be yellow 
so on and so forth. And there's like six different colors or something like that, that they want. And, you know, one of the first things that I thought of when they submitted that was like, okay, this is great and everything, but we're going to have to really make sure that whatever colors they have there, that we put them in, you know, variations of that color that are still accessible. Because I think that was one of them was like, the project that we did for them was making their site more accessible. So, you know, we don't want to like just undo all of that with a silly banner. So. Oh, go Alex. Good for you. Yay. And <laughs> that yeah, was that was really, <laughs> that was sort of one of the hallmarks of that site that stands out in my mind because they had a style sheet that just wasn't going to meet the t- contrast requirements of the WCAG standards. Unfortunately, they had one color in their style sheet that was going to, have adequate contrast. So it really changed the overall appearance of their site in a big way. So, um, yeah. And the first, the second thing that I thought of while you were talking after I thought about contrast was colorblind. So I'm just curious, do they have any kind of iconography that corresponds to that thing? Because if somebody can't Uh, distinguish the different colors, there needs to still be some, (laughs) anyway. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even, and you see, this is why this is great. Cause (laughs) I was like, here I am thinking about accessibility. Uh, we got to make sure that the contrast is up on these colors. And I didn't even think about colorblindness. Yeah, so yeah. now, yeah, I'm probably going to have to go back to them and uh, just, you know, raise that accessibility flag and say like, we need icons or, or something to differentiate for people that are colorblind. Yeah. Interesting. You know, and, and my, my new thing really is the, the speech recognition thing, because how often do you see a site where there's like seven links or more on a page that all say, read more, read more, read more. (laughs) So if you're using voice recognition software and you have to say, click, read more, well, you can't do it that way. You have to use some other ways of managing the cursor that are way more time consuming and complicated. So yeah. So much to think of. So much, so much. to learn. So so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but like I say, is that because it's not my world that I live in, I can say, yes, this is exciting and I'm always learning new things. And let's have some empathy for people who really do live in that world. So. Yeah. I think it's it's great. And you just recently uh got a certification for this, right? Yes. IAAP has two levels of certification and I have achieved their First level of certification, the certified professional in. Oh, going and I botched this, so you're going to have to cut this out. But it's a lot of words. <laughs> I guess I have the CPACC certification, uh, the certified. I I can't even come up with it. Sorry, it's a lot of letters. It's a very it's a long acronym. <laughs> okay, I looked this up afterwards, and in our defense, this doesn't exactly roll off the tongue but it's the International Association of Accessibility Professionals Certified Professional in Accessibility Core Competencies, or the IAAPCPACC. Um, but yes, I have their uh, first level certification, and that was a great experience because even though it was a pretty intense process of working through their whole body of knowledge that they post on their website, it really exposed me to a lot of different ideas and not just information really, but ideas and ways of thinking. So um, that was 
while it was a little intense while I was going through it, ultimately it really has broadened my outlook to accessibility in general. And for example, there was a section where they were explaining all of these terms like dyslexia is one many of us are familiar with, but then there's dyscalculia and dysgraphia. And it just went on. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even grasp all of this stuff. But then recently I was at a conference in Toronto, the Accessibility Toronto Conference. And there was this really wonderful woman who gave a presentation and she had like all of that stuff. And she had the best presentation. And my favorite quote from her in that presentation was, numbers are nonsense. Numbers are nonsense. If you say 753, you might as well say mustache tree blue, because that's what it means to me. (laughs) And, you know, how lucky is the company she works for to have somebody who is so articulate and understands the needs of such a broad population of people with these, um, for lack of a better word, with these disabilities. And she's figured out how to work through all of this and get to an advanced degree and get a position of influence in a digital company. So, yay. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. And I'm glad that you're getting to go to these. I'm glad. Well, first of all, I'm glad that there are conferences about this stuff. And second of all, I'm glad that you get to go to them. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Because it's... It's a passionate community and it's a fun community. And at least at least at that conference, it was great. I had a fabulous time, met a lot of people and was very inspired by everything there. And are you thinking uh, at some point you might go for that second level of certification from? Ooh, I guess I should never say never. (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of a tall order. And I've started looking at some of the material and I guess it's certainly out there as an aspirational goal. So, yeah. Yeah. Something to shoot out there. (laughs) But I would probably need some help from everyone at last call. And I think as the developers and creative people get more, Uh, sort of in tune with thinking about accessibility and improving their accessibility skills, then they'll be in a better position to help me. And maybe some of our developers will go for that too. I think some of them probably could come pretty close to passing or else could learn what they need to pretty quickly. Because, you know, I think that, I don't think there are very many website accessibility problems out there that we can't solve from a technical standpoint. Our developers are plenty smart enough to figure that stuff out. We just sort of, um, we just sort of have to get better at all, pulling everything together from the ideas forward. Yeah. I always felt like there was a secret club that I wasn't a part of because I didn't know what this A11Y thing was or how do you say it or what does it mean. So finally I Googled it, which was brilliant, but um, it, it's the 11 is the letters between A and Y. So um, now you're all in the club, you know the secret handshake, <laughs> and that's what it means. I want to thank Abby again for joining me on the podcast and for putting together such an informative, amazing talk on accessibility. 
If you're interested in seeing it for yourself and getting a peek at all the cool tools she demoed during it, check it out on YouTube. I've included a link to the talk in our show notes, but you can also find it on our blog by going to lastcallmedia.com forward slash blog. The YouTube link will be added to the blog post about this episode of Yeti Village as well. If you're on Twitter, you can follow Abby there and find a bunch more awesome resources related to accessibility. Her handle is at Abby, spelled A-1-1-Y-A-B-B-Y. Yeti Village is produced by me, Alex Noonan. Today's music is an original song by Last Call's very own senior developer, Ben. You can subscribe to, rate, and review Yeti Village on the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, Spotify, or your podcast service of choice. You can also drop us a line at lastcallmedia.com and tell us what topics you'd be interested to hear us explore for this podcast.